This is the Deep Dive with Brooks Spector. And we are back diving deeper. And this is indeed Brooks Spector. And our, our second guest for the morning is Terence Corrigan, uh, project manager at the Institute of Race Relations. And he and I have chatted in recent months, certainly frequently about the nature of economic growth, uh, especially with the models of Japan, China, and the little dragons of Asia in mind, but thinking critically about what lessons can be drawn from those experiences for South Africa's current circumstances. Terence, welcome. Thanks very much for having me, Brooks. Tell me, uh, with that very broad canvas that I've given you, what are the lessons that we should draw and how should they be applied in as specific a term as you can address without without accidentally stumbling into a econo babble? <laughs> well, uh, uh, fortunately, I'm not an economist, so econo babble is as much babble to me as it is to us, uh, I think, many of your listeners. All right, look, I think first principles of this, we need two things in South Africa. We need to create more wealth and we need it to be distributed um, uh, more equitably, if you like. In other words, the growth that we need has to um, has to uplift uh, the poorest South Africans as its first priority. But there's no getting away from the fact that we that we are going to need to expand the economy. Uh, and this is, I, I think, just, just, just a matter of common sense. Keir Starmer of the Labour Party said that, you know, Britain's got a great welfare state, we need to expand it and whatever, but we cannot do it unless we have more, to, uh, we have the resources to fund it. So that, um, those are your, those are your first, um, uh, your first two points. Now, my my experience, and I, I lived in Taiwan for a number of years. It was very interesting to speak to people of my age, and I'm in my forties, who could remember growing up where things like eggs and poultry were luxuries, and you wouldn't, you just wouldn't see this in in in, in Taiwan today. Uh, Taiwan is a is a very affluent society. Within within two generations, they went from being fundamentally uh, agrarian you know, uh, moving into light manufacturing to being today the um, uh, the, the the world center of, of of chip making and poverty in the sense that we that we have it just doesn't exist there. Uh, but there are people who can remember something, something uh, sort of uh, vaguely, um, vaguely familiar. Now, if We've been having this debate in South Africa since at least the 1990s. Do we need more state or less state in the economy? And I think in the 1990s, the ANC um, uh, entered the sort of new world where their Soviet patronage had collapsed. Uh, the idea of socialism was uh, was discredited, but the idea that you could that you could leverage state power to promote rapid development was very very beguiling. And I remember we used to have these. Um, these uh, passionate discussions when I was at university, you know, do we need more state or less state? And I think that missed the question. You need to ask the question, what can the state do? And I think this is where, this is where South Africa has become unmoored. We pass policy as though uh, we have a sort of South Korean developmental state with, with our industrial policy action plans, with, you know, uh, support to the automotive industry, as the president said last week, you know, we need this in more sectors. Uh, with empowerment legislation, where we have a, we have a state that in many respects has failed, and you know I don't say I don't say this this as an, as an exaggeration. The the Auditor General's report on, on on municipal governance 
And this, go, you know, one of the first pieces of work I did at the Institute in the 1990s was about local governance. And if anything, I think the situation now is possibly more dire, at least back in, back in the 1990s, there seemed an appreciation that, uh, uh, that things had to improve. You, you know, the solutions seemed fairly obvious. Uh, you need, need to train people, you needed to hire the right, um, uh, the right kind of people, you needed to expand infrastructure. Well, you know, now we've got to a point where the system has been essentially pathologi- um, uh, pathologized. What can we, so to come to your question directly, what can we learn? Well, here's the, uh, here's the first one. Institutions matter. All of these developmental states, they were not necessarily, um, you know, models of good governance, but they had a um, they had effective uh, civil services that understood their jobs, and were able to were able to carry things carry things forward. Corruption, a big problem, but you know, we we also fetishize corruption. You know, corruption is a moral issue, so we get excited about it. More serious is the fact is is just incompetence. It's the inability to 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 get things done because, uh, you know, people people don't know what the five steps required to issue the permit are, things like that. Can I interrupt for a second? And sure. I, I remember from my ancient political science courses, I had to read a a, a major book by Samuel Huntington, a, a massive thing, was perfect perfectly useful as a doorstop. Um, but one of the points, and Samuel Huntington was a was a major po- political theorist and and uh, yeah. political economist, I guess, and also perhaps less uh, salubriously was at one point a consultant even for the old government in this country. Yeah, um, I remember that. But he made one of one important observations about observation about corruption. He said, he said, looking at Latin America, which was where his major focus was at that moment, a little bit of corruption keeps the wheels moving. The problem is when it becomes the major motivator mm. for a government and its employees. Yes. And where that magic division is, he couldn't say, I've never seen a good idea on it, but I understand the idea behind mm. what he's saying, that yeah, there has to be a little bit of give in the system or the rules that apply will become so rigid as to be unmovable. Well, look, you know, um, I, I look at it slightly differently that an element of corruption is not necessarily the end of the world. You know, they're moral issues and, you know, they, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to underplay that. I don't want anyone to go away and like, you know, say IRR says corruption is great. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what... What I am saying is that yes, you know, there was there was also apparently a joke about um, about the difference between Africa and Asia. You know, the the, the African uh, the Asian politician points to the gleaming highway and says ten percent, and the African politician points you know to the meadow with nothing and says one hundred percent. Yeah, you, you know, it 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 depend you know it depends on the on, on on the extent to which it becomes it becomes a drag. My fear is in South Africa. It's not just about the misappropriation of resources as important as that is it is the corruption of institutional integrity so you know when we when 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 um, uh, the president talks about you know we need a more active state you know i say well with this state that's a that's a recipe for disaster you know if 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 we could simply you know do things like may, you know uh, keep crime down to a level that it does not uh, destroy the assets of of aspirant um, of aspirant entrepreneurs, particularly in our townships. And I, I know of cases where that's happened. We would be uh, we'd be getting somewhere. 
Terrence, I'm going to interrupt you for just a second, and we have to pay our bills, uh, or we have to help pay our bills in any case. Pick and One pay must always pay the bills. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you. Uh, commercial community radio has real, real needs, just like everybody else. This is the Deep Dive with Brooke Spector. And we're diving into the question of what economic policy measures to, can be used to meet the economic challenges and circumstances of contemporary South Africa. And we're speaking with Terence Corrigan, project manager at the Institute of Race Relations. We've been talking about the way corruption saps the capability of institutions. Uh, but I want to, in the remaining minutes, I want to shift over to your thoughts on how to enhance or strengthen the capabilities of these institutions. Look, you need to professionalize them. And this, uh, for this reason, I think that the, the court action that the, the DA is bringing about, about card redeployment is absolutely crucial. I, you know, we've been talking about, um, about professionalizing. I mean, we talk about professionalizing the civil service, you know, 20, uh, what's it, 28 years into democracy, 26, 28 years into democracy, there's something has gone very wrong on, um, on the inside. Now, um, in East Asia, in, in these developmental states, you hire your best and your brightest, it's, it, uh, you know, to, to, to occupy those technocratic positions. That is why, you know, you, you may have uh, sometimes unstable politics, but the but but the overall management of pol um, of policy is skillfully done and it's consistently done. That opens up a somewhat broader um, uh, broader issue for the for the economy as a whole. And this is a, this is an issue that countries like Indonesia and Vietnam are having to wrestle with now. How do you go from the sort of middle income uh, uh, manufacturing economy into something that's that's more value adding, innovation driven? And big thing there is is enhancing productivity, and a lot of that has to do with uh, with getting your human resources right. Now, if there is one great failure of South Africa post-1994, one substantive great failure, it's our education system, that we um, uh, uh, we are just not producing the skills that we need. And the quality of life in South Africa is such that the skills we do, um, uh, we, do we, we do produce, the uncertainties about the future, see a lot of, uh, a lot of these people decamping for, for, for foreign shores. I think that that has a lot to do with the sense that that South Africa lacks a lacks a future worth being being part of, which is very different from let's say the, the way that, that that Vietnamese or Indonesian people will see it. Um, they believe that children will have some, uh, uh, will have something better. The National Development Plan said, for instance, we have got to we have got to get the management of schools right. Yet, you know, there's scandals about headmasters' posts being being sold. And, and uh, until we deal, until we deal with that, until we can professionalize that education system, and you know, push ourselves into well, first of all, more modest goal kids who can who can read, write, and calculate, but then also into kids who can who can think critically, uh, you know, go on to code, uh, do uh, do planning, to design um, uh, a, a complex machinery. We are gonna we're gonna remain stuck where we are, and and being stuck there, we will see the rest of the world uh, pa passing us by. Terence, I'm going to have to bring our conversation to a conclusion, uh, but uh, it, clearly we're going to have to do another session where we talk about the relationship of education mm. as it was seen in Asia and uh, education 
as it should be seen in South Africa. You and I both have spent considerable yes. time living in Asia, and so we have, I think, some clear ideas on this, or at least some thoughts about the matter. Um, I was a, I was a but, teacher in, in, in Asia. So. Yeah, well, I mean, I watched with, at, at, with wonder at teachers working in Asia in various <laughs> places. But I think it is interesting that two different individuals, Pakamili Hlubi Majola from Munsa and you from uh, the Institute of Race, Race Relations, agree broadly that something must be done. You are Absolutely. arguing, in effect, about what the something is and what is relatively more important within that something, whether it is improving efficiency or maintaining, supporting, and growing jobs. And I think uh, we have to talk more about just how all that's going to fit together. It's been a pleasure to have you with us. This has been, been to be here. This has been Deep Dive, and I'm Brooke Spector, and we'll be back next week with another exploration of another interesting idea. I just haven't figured out what it is yet. But I do hope you will, you as listeners will give me some some ideas. You can send your notes to us directly, and I'd look forward to that. Once again, thank you all, and we'll talk to you again next week on Friday at nine o'clock. <laughs>